This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host Ajit. With me is a very special guest, somebody who sees the cricket media industry from inside. Shridhar from Flashcore. Hello Shridhar, welcome to the podcast. Hi Ajit, it's a pleasure coming today. I always ask my guests what got you involved in cricket. And then uh, before we started you also were telling me that you were in IT previously. So what brought you to cricket or what brought you back to cricket if you can give me a little bit of your journey oh it's a long story ajit i hope i don't bore you on that uh, it all started uh, with the 1992 world cup i remember quite vividly my father and my brother waking me up early for the first uh, world cup in colors in color clothings and i was fascinated by that and obviously like most indians sachin tendulkar was my first idol and i fell in love with that game started playing from that day and started following and like most indians i i keep discussing the game uh, with with everyone so that's how my fascination with cricket and my journey with cricket started and i was an engineer so obviously the the path was to become a software engineer i did become a software engineer and then i did my mba and became a business manager but somewhere the love for sports and the love for cricket was still there i was writing articles i was i was doing a lot of previews in uh, cricket and uh, football and i i never uh, thought that i i could make a career out of it but luckily i got in touch with flashcore and uh, things worked out well and i started uh, becoming a full time writer with them it was almost 5 years ago so it's it's been a wonderful journey with flashcore because i cover a lot of matches as a text commentator I write a lot of previews both football and cricket obviously cricket being the being the core of it so if you are in IT and if you still have uh, love for the game i think uh, you can take my example and uh, start switching careers it's fantastic to hear because uh, you know um some of us who have uh, been working in IT for a while may also start uh, considering other options and this is not a bad one so in terms of uh, your work with uh, flashcore or your work in the cricket media industry uh, by text commentary do you mean ball by ball coverage yes by text commentary i mean ball by ball where uh, we start one hour before the actual game starts we start discussing the teams we start covering the the live toss and this is basically a service that is uh, that is focused on people who can't focus the like, who can't see the match live on television so if you, if you are stuck in a in a in a meeting in if you are stuck in an it office and if you are in a meeting or driving back to your home and if you can't uh, really watch the live pictures the next best thing is to follow the commentary that is where we want to be and that is where we are so i mean it sounds like pretty much like a little bit of a setup we would do before a meeting in it maybe and then you get into the work itself so but nonetheless um it's nice to hear that uh, you know there are other avenues the other question i had is you guys are based out of hyderabad right 
Uh, we are actually a, a company which is based out of uh, UK and we've got a team which is based out of al almost everywhere. So I work out of uh, Hyderabad. My fellow commentators, a couple of them work out of Australia. There is a person who works out of UK. There's one who's in South Africa. Thanks to, even before COVID, we were uh, one of the first 100% remote work companies. So it doesn't actually, uh, you know, differentiate us from being anywhere. I can be on the beaches of uh, Chennai if I want to, or I can be any, anywhere in uh, UK if I want to, to cover the match. The only thing that I need is access to a live stream to see the match and the access to a wonderful internet so that I can uh, type in the ball by ball commentary. Excellent, excellent to hear. So it's pretty much like uh, any other uh, business where computers and uh, IT and little bit of knowledge is required and you are able to get in it. And of course, you need to have a love for the game. So that's where I would like to come back. So for somebody who was a business manager in IT, if you were looking for a change in careers, what brought you back to cricket? What brought me back to cricket? That's a wonderful question, Ajit. Uh, to be fair, to be very honest, I was never away from cricket or football. I was I was always there. I was even when I was working with an IT major. I was a business manager. Uh, even even if it is late in the night after after eleven o'clock in the night, I used to go back, watch the games, look at look at reports, look at reviews, look at uh, previews. Then start writing articles for the for the weekend matches. So the passion for the game was always there. I wanted to keep writing because these are two these are my two passions away from work. When, even when I was in IT, writing as well as uh, following sports, I somehow managed to keep in touch with both of them. I used to write a lot of blogs for uh, for football uh, teams. Mm -hmm. Then I I used to write a lot of content for. Uh, for my clients covering cricket matches and football matches. So I, I, I somehow tried to keep in touch with, with both the games and somewhere, somehow I thought I'll, I'll always come back to a career where uh, I, I can make uh, sports writing as, as my career. Probably I was uh, five years early into that span because I thought I'll, I'll do it somewhere around uh, 2020, but I was, uh, luckily I was able to do it uh, much earlier than that. Ah, very nice. Very nice to hear. So, now, there are some of these big giants based out of certain South Indian cities as well, who do the same kind of work, probably with a much bigger budget and much, you know, a much bigger setup. But for you to work for Flash Score and uh, for you to, you know, uh, be able to compete with uh, these sort of uh, big giants, how does it work from within the industry? Do you look for a niche audience for yourself or... I mean, I'm not really looking to uh, discuss more about the business aspect, but more understanding what sort of followers would you target and how do you build it? Right. That's that's again an, an interesting question, Ajit. So uh, what sort of uh, target, what sort of audience do we target? Well, even when we started five years ago, I was one of the first people to start the cricket commentary service with Flashboard. Uh, so one of our uh, first targets was to see if, we can get people start talking about our service even without doing marketing because if if you go out if you are if you ask 10 people about live text commentary probably eight of them will say they know cricket info seven of them will say they know trick bus so that's the sort of marketing they have that's the sort of uh, pockets they have and that's the kind of uh, you know uh, branding and advertising that they do but flash score right from day one we 
wanted to be something away from that we always wanted to target those passionate cricket lovers who can speak their uh, speak their mind if you look at our work we are a group of 6 7 commentators and whenever we talk about whenever we cover the matches whenever we do ball by ball commentary none of us are no two of us are same so we start pouring our hearts out we see we see our we see ourselves sitting there trying to talk words and you know trying to speak about the game as as we see so there's a lot of passion there's a lot of uh, words that are flowing in which are probably not there in in any of the dictionary it's it's almost always like you know when when two friends sit together they're having a beer and watching a game the way they see it the way they analyze things that's how we are so mm. our target audience is that passionate crowd someone who's following the game someone who you know if you are very passionate about uh, watching a game if you see a wonderful flowing cover drive you immediately get onto twitter and you say that this is the best shot i have seen in probably some time and you will start putting in the adjectives that flow in at that moment you don't start thinking about those words you just write and type those words that come to your mind so that's the kind of people that we are targeting people who are passionate lovers people who don't you know means words we are happy supporting our teams as we see and at the same time we are neutral lovers so we love the game i'm i'm always a, a big passionate lover of indian cricket and australian cricket mm-hmm. in uh, no particular order but even when australia play new zealand i try to see myself as a neutral fan so that i can bring the action without filters i can bring the action for a neutral fan to enjoy so that's the sort of uh, passionate crowd that we are trying to address and uh, we are happy that we were able to carve a niche for ourselves among that crowd because it's been 5 years for us and uh, we've not had the same marketing uh, you know budgets like the biggies but still we have got uh, more than 40000 followers on twitter we keep regularly chatting with people uh, when the live commentary is on people come back to us people keep asking questions they like the stats the unique stats we we get into our uh, matches they like the angles that we cover in our previews and that's the, that's the sort of uh, coverage that we love to and uh, again we are a growing company we we just want to you know get more and more passionate people out there into cricket into the game build the brand and uh, you know let's see where it takes but again we are here to fight all the biggies but without the budgets no i mean passion goes a long way for sure and at the end of the day the rest will come once passion is there they say right so passion for the game passion for doing your work the rest will follow so that's not a problem now if you were to look at the games so i think uh, let's do a quick review of the pakistan england series i think you covered it for uh, flash score so from that perspective so would you think england would be happy with the way the series uh, unfolded i think moin ali uh, summed it up really well he said that they should have won it 6-1 or even uh, 5-2 because there were there were there were periods of play where they completely dominated they should have won it quite easily and uh, let's be very honest they they are up against one of the best bowling sides in the world pakistan have got that variety pakistan have got that incision they can just take a game out of any batting team at any point of time so there were a couple of matches which they won purely on bowling brilliance purely on batting brilliance of 
probably the best batsman in T20s right now, Rizwan. Uh, mm. Having said that, England looked. England must be mighty pleased at how this series unfolded because even without Butler there, the way the the next level, it, it's it's tough to call them the second string because England's T20 reaches are so good. I remember uh, interacting with a couple of followers and uh, we were talking about uh, the re- England's uh, team riches and saying that this is not a second string. This is this is probably the best string that they have. And it will be difficult for the likes of Ben Stokes to get into the side and say to someone like Phil Salt, hey, I'm going to get into this side. Why don't you give me a pay? So England will be mighty pleased with how certain individuals have played the series. Someone like Phil Salt and... Uh, Maybe even Alex Hales, the way he got back into the end, integrated into the side. Don't forget how Ben Duckett has uh, come of age in the series. So overall, England will be pleased with how certain individuals and how the compositions have worked for them. The end result, probably not. They should have won. And ideally, they could have won at 5-2 or if, if, they, if they held their nerves at certain stages, they should have won at 6-1. But again... This is Pakistan we are talking about. Pakistan can uh, make a match out of anything. You, you give them a total of 100 in, in a 20 overs game and say that you need to defend this. If there is one side in the world that can defend, that is Pakistan. So kudos to England for uh, having won the series. Kudos to Moeen Ali for, saying and for being brave and saying that they should have won with a bigger, uh, bigger margin. But I think... Overall, even he would privately admit that this has been a series of wholesome positives for uh, England. Of course. So, you are right when you say that uh, certain people might not be able to immediately break into this level because, well, this they they have a reputation, people like Ben Stokes, you know, uh, even, even if Geoffrey Archer were to come back and people like that, it will not be absolutely easy to simply get back into this level. But, you know, you would also not want to leave somebody like Ben Stokes on the bench. It's it's sort of a tough call, but it's a, as you say, it's a good headache to have if you are the management of a team like England. And I think where it started for me is those two games that Pakistan won, they showed that fighting spirit and they took the lead in the series, right? And England were forced to come back and take the last two games. So England will be actually glad about the fight it was not too much one-sided. But when we look at it from Pakistan's perspective, they fought really well. I think they punched well about their weight, to be frank, in that series. But I want to know your thoughts on it. Um, it's It's been that kind of a series, right? It's been a yo-yo series, uh, to be very fair for a neutral fan. Uh, you, you get into one match and you feel that England are on top. Suddenly, Pakistan would come back. And you at some point, you felt that Pakistan should win this quite easily, then England will come back. So it's been all kinds of things. And to have a seven-game series after a long time, in fact, I, I don't think any teams have played seven-match uh, seven T20Is, uh, if I'm not wrong. So to have that kind of a lengthy series between two top-class teams who are probably uh, uh, the top four uh, favorites for the upcoming World Cup. So... That's that's something which is unique. That's something which is very good for the cricket lovers. Mm-hmm. And both the teams, they, they went into each and every game with, with certain uh, priorities. Pakistan were looking if people people like uh, Shan Masood, people like Haider Ali and Iftikhar Amma, they can, they can get into their own, get into the team and, uh, you know, raise their hands and say that we can do things even if barbarism and... Uh, 
Mohammed Rizwan cannot do the task. So they were looking with certain priorities. England were trying to see if they can uh, they can feel these reserves. It's again, it's very very sad uh, to call them reserves or second string, but if these people can uh, keep punching above their weight, so it's been that kind of a series. You you just love those uh, individual uh, in individual games within games. So. Wonderful series, wonderful advertisement for T uh, Twenty cricket, if you ask me, because none of the games were were like uh, you know even even the game where uh, Phil Salt uh, won it within uh, within fourteen hours or fifteen hours the sixth game. I think even in that game, it 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 was one sided in the end, but it was not without entertainment. There was complete entertainment for uh, cricket lovers. You just had to love each and every game of those seven series. So over overall, I think both teams would be happy with how uh, things faced out. Probably Pakistan slightly on the lower side because I don't think they had got that confirmation about uh, the middle order working well in the absence of Babar Azam and Mohammad Rizwan. They still have those question marks whether they those two if if both of them have an off day. If both of them get dismissed within the first over, can Pakistan chase out a 170 total, or can Pakistan put up a 180 plus total? So that's a question still which is hanging on. So Pakistan will be slightly worried on that front, I believe. Well, uh, from the shortly concluded series against England, if you were to go into Pakistan's uh, tri series, it's a very interesting concept. We don't see tri series anymore in terms of. Uh, coverage is either uh, very much uh, you know uh, bilateral or otherwise a multi-team tournament, uh, something organized by ICC, something like this is what we see. Just to give three teams a chance uh, to uh, you know warm up well. So this tri series in New Zealand that's underway. So in yesterday's game, Pakistan comfortably beat uh, Bangladesh. So the score was a bit too far as far as Bangladesh was concerned, and probably they started a bit slowly for you. Uh, maybe you just maybe caught a bit of this. Uh, On the scorecard, maybe you didn't follow this live. Uh, not much, uh, because uh, to be honest, to have a series called Bangla Bosh, Bangladesh would have been uh, wondering why is it called Bangla Bosh and we are participating in this. So <laughs> that's an that's an odd name, right? Probably they are uh, taking the Mickey out of them. But uh, again, like like you said, you were you were bang on point. Having a T20 tri series is is a rarity these days. I mean, even even in ODI, so it's a rarity, but it's a novel idea. gives gives chance to all the three teams. I felt uh, Bangladesh probably doesn't give me the confidence of a team that I can back. I mean, they can they can create an upset or two when particular individuals have their uh, have a good day at the office. But do I really back Bangladesh to create an upset on a daily occasion? I think they've gone back in T20 cricket. I'm I'm sorry to say this, but uh, they don't give me that confidence. They don't have the same, uh, you know, that they don't give me the same confidence level as someone like even a West Indies. West Indies are getting lethargic over there, but Bangladesh definitely no. So for me, all for all practical purposes, this is a bilateral series between uh, New Zealand and Pakistan. Bangladesh are just there for the Bangladesh. Mm. I think it's the name of a sponsor. I'm assuming Bangladesh should be a Bangladeshi um, company, right? <laughs> yeah, that as yes, a sponsor in New Zealand, I mean, yes, there are some interesting things there. But coming back to the cricket, I think Bangladesh, you are right when you 
say that you know they may have regressed a little bit when it comes to how they play their t20s and there is a bit of a journey there they have good fast bowlers now they have built up a good battery of fast bowlers who are actually very good in the longer format but in the shortest format they're still sort of not yet there right the only mustafizur rahman i think is really good that way but um, you know he can also have an off day like he did yesterday and i think basically pakistan top order was simply too strong the top 3 got pakistan to a target which you know under most conditions would be a challenging one and bangladesh as well as they tried i think they could get any momentum in the first six overs going right so when you see the score of 37 for 2 in the last ball of the power play you know they are not really able to build any momentum and that's where i think they lost the game because to lose the game by 20 runs in a t20 is a big margin but you saw that they were always catching up after that they never could even match the score that you would expect that a team would be because you would expect a 30 40 50 to be scored in the last 4 or 5 overs is normal these days but they weren't even there they were very far off the mark and uh, based on that they lost the game as well so only yasir ali i think he finished really strong in the last over but then yeah that 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 was needed in the 15th or the 16th over for them to you know make a chance of uh, taking the game so but you know they're still there they're competing and they're giving themselves a chance and t20 you know even on a on any given day it is possible that somebody plays that one amazing knocker one spell like if you remember bhuneshwar spell in uh, that inconsequential asia cup game for india right or the south africa india game where uh, i think they were 9 for 5 so these things can actually yeah. happen so i wouldn't write anybody off if you were to ask me in asia i i would say afghanistan are ahead of um, bangladesh in that way right in terms of how they play the cricket you would rank afghanistan comfortably ahead of bangladesh but uh, let's see if they are able to turn the ship around a little bit but uh, as far as the ongoing game is concerned so pakistan new zealand are currently playing the game and well pakistan look comfortable in the chase and they they have done one thing that we were sort of expecting they may do based on the results uh, and based on how their middle order was performing so shadab khan has been pushed to four right this guy bats up the order for his um, psl team so he's now doing a creditable job and he's a true true all rounder right so i mean this is not a test game so given that there are uh, less number of balls uh, and the field is um, spread i think he's a good option to send up the order as well so this is a good one because he's been given a chance to bat ahead of the likes of iftikhar and haider so let's see if uh, you know him and babar who's going strong really are able to finish the game off for pakistan from new zealand perspective if you were to say we heard that you know lockie ferguson is injured and uh, darrel mitchell who's sort of a very key component of their middle order these days mm. you know the likes of rostellers retirement and so on he's a very key component he's made himself a very good player there and how much do you think they might uh, miss darrel mitchell if he cannot recover in time for the world cup uh i think I think he the biggest contribution that Mitchell brings to the table is being anonymous. Uh, I don't think if if you ask any any team that comes up against uh, New Zealand, who are you preparing against? They'll probably say Kane Williamson. They'll say James Nisham if it is in the T20s. They'll they will definitely say Devon Conway and maybe even the hard hitting of Finn Allen. But do you prepare against Darrell Mitchell? I don't think they can. I don't think they will. So. that's the en- the anonymity brings something rare to the table and let's be honest he's he's not someone who is flashy with his game but he can get things done you have seen it in england 
you can you have seen it in the recent past how he can adapt his game to the required conditions so mm-hmm. a big a big big loss for them if if he is actually uh, you know out of this and uh, again you you have to back new zealand to find someone to do the job day in day out they have this uh, capability and capacity to punch above their weight you try to write them off you can't write them off they'll get someone who will play out of their skin and they are actually the definition of a team you you get in those 11 individuals all of them will play their part all of them will try to punch above their weight and at least one of them will have a very good day and that's enough so that's what that's what you you want from a cricket team so i'm i'm backing them to find someone else to do the job lockie ferguson yes that's a that's a huge uh, huge miss for them but i think they have got uh, brett trickner there uh, even even mitch santner is going to come back so mm. there are there are uh, you know players who are trying to come back into the side and who will uh, who will fill those gaps but my my main worry is around kane williamson his strike rate in this format has dropped down dramatically over the period and uh, he's someone who was who was striking it at 130s and 140s which is pretty good for someone of his caliber if he can keep his wicket and hit at 140 strike rate uh, throughout an innings that's excellent uh, but his strike rate i don't have the exact numbers but in ipl he struggled a lot uh, mm-hmm. then even i th- i think his injuries have played a part so i don't see him accelerating quickly even now so it will be a huge astronomical jump from for him to be scoring in the range of 140 from what he's doing now i think he's around 110 120s right now so that's a big worry for me as a as a new zealander fan if if i put it that way if ken williamson can uh, get that little uptick on the strike rate they'll be well served because the likes of finnell and devon conway and even glen phillips they will try to keep their way out around him if ken williamson can keep rotating that strike keep getting those uh, strike rates up around 130 140 it'll be a huge bonus for uh, new zealand so i would i would want them to you know work on that probably try and see where ken williamson is and maybe give him more chances and honestly i'm i'm a little worried about that on that front whether he can uh, quickly catch up on that uh, strike rate routine because in the in the same way that uh, pakistan have had questions around babar astam and uh, he's he's lucky enough to have someone like mohammad rizwan in the in the best form of his life uh, batting around him so this one can strike it around uh, 130s and 140s and babar astam can quickly get into his group even today in the match the way shadab is batting i think that uh, took some pressure of babar azam you know the, the way azam is playing today he's he's magnificent he's he's striking at more than 150 at the moment so he he picks it up he he really picks it up initially he hits a lot of boundaries but there will be a lot of dot balls as well so that is something which uh, new zealand will have to look at their captain uh, getting that strike right and uh, closing it out on shadab khan well i've been I've been a great fan of this guy even when I was following PSL uh, the day he came in he's someone who can contribute in all three fields he's an absolute gun fielder the way he feels at backward point I think he's one of the best for me over there and uh, he can he can take some top class catches he can 
he can save at least five to ten runs every game. It is very difficult to get to hit his bowling out of the park because he he bowls that sort of trajectory which is neither flat nor loopy, and you can't really get under that guy. So you are you are you'll on a bad day he'll probably give away thirty five forty runs, not more than that. On a on an average day he will he will give you four overs for twenty twenty five runs. So he's that sort of a bankable player. He may not get you a lot of wickets, but a spell of four overs for 25 runs, zero or one wicket from him, that's pure gold in T20 cricket because bowlers around him will take those runs. And Pakistan have done the right thing by sending him at number four because he's a great player who can, who just who is very busy at the crease. He he gives me those uh, olden days of Javed Miandad types where uh, Javed Miandad used to come to the crease and start running around. So he somehow the the match, the intensity seems to change with these sort of players. Shadab is that kind of a player with the bat in hand. He mm. comes in, starts playing those gaps. You suddenly feel that there are lesser fielders in the in the ground because he hears around for those twos, which which were probably non-existent uh, before him. So he's that sort of a player. I think Pakistan will be well served if they can keep him at number four, give him more of those chances because. I don't think international cricket has seen Shadab the batsman yet. Indeed, I mean he has the ability to bat up the order in all formats, maybe, but uh, he'll have to prove himself. At least if he starts in the shortest format, I think he's well adapted, and uh, maybe we'll see him as you know a true true all rounder before he's done with his career. Now, uh, from one of your favorites to the other, the Australia series versus West Indies. So. Before even the series started, there was a bit of controversy with Hetmeyer not being able to take the plane. Therefore, he was dropped from the squad entirely. Is this a justified uh, thing for you, or maybe there was something on something else going on in the background that we can't see, and maybe therefore he was let uh, go from the squad? Ah, uh, that's a, that's a true story, which you can't stop smiling, right? Someone misses a rescheduled fight and is uh, you know thrown out of the team as such. You have to be wondering why does it happen to Shivran Hetmeyer himself? He's been he's been dropped out of the side because of fitness issues. Then they they were uh, occasions where they said uh, he's he's not uh, up with his attitude. And now this, I think if you list out four or five top reasons for missing out a series, then Hetmeyer will top this all through the ages. It will live in everybody's memory. Uh, has there been something behind behind the scenes? I think yes, because there must be something uh, which he must have. There, there must be miscommunication somewhere. Um, I have read reports uh, from West Indies, of course, unofficial, that Hadmire's uh, uh, wife wanted to travel with him. Hadmire, she doesn't want him to travel alone, and uh, the West Indies cricket board didn't want him to travel with wife because they don't allow the wives to travel together. So that's that was the story which is circling around. I don't know the. Uh, the real uh, reason for it, but I don't think honestly, someone misses a rescheduled fight. You you drop him out of the squad altogether just for that reason. I somehow I I I don't see the practicality behind that. I think there is something going behind the scenes. There must have been uh, something which Shemron Hetmeyer has done to warrant this. But again, it's a it's a big loss. Uh, I would have loved to. See his hair at least, uh, with without that cap, with with those uh, flashy colors. Up there. I right. I love that guy. He's got that flamboyance. 
Absolutely. Also on the field, he shows it, and from time to time, he's uh, shown that you know he's capable of maturity as well and giving uh, West Indies that middle order, um, you know, that middle order boost when they require because not every game you can expect Puran might carry the middle order. They they have a little bit of a gap there, and I think they're going to miss admire the player. Unfortunately, and if it was because of some miscommunication or some other requirement which he put forward that they were not agreeing with, maybe usually in these situations there is a compromise that's reached. But uh, it's uh, it's a bit unfortunate if that were to be the case. Now, uh, what about their on-field performances, West Indies? They were completely flat in the series, don't you think? Both the games. Yeah, I think it's it's very tough to put a finger on to why they are flat. Is it because they were feeling that jet lag. I don't think so because these days players are used to, you know, coming straight after the flight and getting onto the onto the ground and playing because there are very very little. There is very little time for them to adapt. Or are they treating this as a preparation day matches? Somehow there's there's a lot of gap between uh, the way they punch their weight on a paper to the way they play on. On the field, mm-hmm. you see the likes of Kyle Mayers, you see the likes of Jason Holder, Odian Smith, Nicholas Puran, Evan Lewis. I think these are some of the best T20A players around. You put them in any T20 franchise team, you can build a team around them. These are the, those sort of players, uh, and I'm very impressed with the way they have uh, they have got their leg spinner Yannick and Yannick Carrier. So. There is a lot of potential over there. And West Indies, whenever I get to see a West Indies match, I go with a lot of expectations. And I always end up thinking that they played only to 20-25% of their potential. And honestly, I can't put a finger to that. And even Nicholas Puran would be scratching his head and saying that, why are we not playing? So there is something seriously wrong. Probably they are they're still... Uh, trying to figure out what's their best composition. They're still trying to figure out whether they can play the same old free way. Or probably they're missing a character like Chris Gale. I certainly do not know. But there is that missing jigsaw piece somewhere, which is, you know, stopping them unlocking the real potential. Because every time I see them, every match, I feel that they're playing probably to 20% potential. Mm-hmm. Look, um, I think you you are probably bringing to fore something that's um, a well-known issue there that they need a strong leader, somebody who can lead from the front. Whenever they have been strong, they've had strong leaders as a team whenever they've been very successful. So if you look at, probably it started with Frank Worrell, right, in the 60s. Then um, Mm -hmm. Gary Sobers, Clive Lloyd, and Richards. And up to a point, Richardson, right? So the succession Mm -hmm. of people who probably with some other people in between who led West Indies, that's when West Indies were at their strongest. We have to consider that they are different countries and there are different cultures in theory. So pretty much like, you know, uh, it's it's a wrong example to give, but India also had that issue for a while. And I'm talking 60s, 70s, right? Up to 80s. Mm -hmm. Then usually it's a strong leader that's able to stitch together these myriad um, characters, myriad cultures, but at the same time leading the team front. Right. And sometimes they have to be a bit ruthless. So I think that's, I see a bit of that missing in this uh, West Indies leadership, basically. Because you're absolutely right when you say, when it comes to talent, there's no doubt they have the talent to probably take on anybody 
on their day and beat them so even mm. if you look at these two games they were underperforming but they took australia to the last almost the last ball in the first t20a and they lost i dare say that first t20a because they dropped two catches in the last over i mean you know yeah. i play club cricket here and that's a sin even we cannot pardon even we cannot overcome such a you'll forget it at the any higher level right and they yeah. did it and i dare say if they had gotten that catch of uh, wade I, i i think that was it they would have somehow gone through and won the game right and then the second one they were completely flat because australia batted first mid sure the score was very challenging and david warner found some form but for me one of the concerns if i were to look at this australian team is the middle order it's a little bit little bit hollow suddenly finch has dropped down the order to try and make up uh, some of it he he was at number 4 in the first uh, t20a he made a 50 that is a welcome return to form for him as well but when you look at glen maxwell right i mean he's misfiring they they are unable to come up with a good good order where you know between 3 4 5 6 they're trying to fit steven smith yeah. in he was not in there in the first game and in the second game he came back so do you think this is something they'll figure out in time before the world cup starts uh honestly i would have loved australia to do this uh, sort of thinking probably a couple of months earlier they should have by now decided whether they wanted steve smith in the side or not uh it's it's too late for them to you know say that steve smith is not figuring it out in our uh, in our plans uh i think all this was uh, was because of the way cam green played out in india the way he came out the way he started blasting from the from the uh, first ball i think australia saw in him that okay we can we can fit him in the side somehow and the continued exclusion of marcus tarnish from the side for different reasons i i know he's coming back for the england series and he is the main guy for them cam green is not but there is a structured thinking in place uh, right now in australia and they are wondering whether they can fit in both whether they can fit in cam green as an opener take out steve smith play finch in the middle order probably at four when mitch marsh comes back when marcus toynis comes back when they have toynis wade and tim david as their enforcers they can afford to let glen maxwell play around as an enforcer look at what uh, maxwell has done for rcb he was given a free free role he they just said that just go and enjoy out there because we we are not we are not working around your pay so he started enjoying that role so the role clarity was missing in australia i think even uh, glen maxwell was subtly saying that the reason why he enjoyed in rcb is because there was a lot of role clarity so i think australia have taken it a little deeper deeper than they want, they would have ideally wanted uh, but i i think it's probably because they they feel mitch marsh is is one guy who can just come in and who can just he doesn't need a certain players so he's their uh, he's their uh, banking opportunity they are just waiting for him to get fit then stoinis is also another bankable guy for them the only question they have right now is whether they can fit can green into the side and throw steve smith out uh which practically i think makes makes a lot of sense it would have made a lot of sense if they had done it much earlier even before uh, the indian series i certainly do not know why what stopped them from doing that they were probably uh, thinking uh, steve smith is a uh, you know go to guy if there is a collapse 
but Steve Smith is not doing any any wonders uh, with his T20 batting. So I I don't know. Australia have taken it a little too uh, too deeper and too long, but maybe they they'll keep Steve Smith and they they're just muddling those waters. They are just uh, not giving that role clarity. Because let's be honest, if Australia play to their strengths, Australia get their perfect combination out there: Mitch Marsh and Steinis and Cam Green also in. Mm. Maxwell Maxwell has a free roaming role around Tim David playing the way he only can Matuvey in the, in the best form of his life especially coming down the order and staying unbeaten with a strike rate of about 130s and 140s i think australia have a great great chance of uh, defending their title but they have to have that role clarity are they seeing steve smith as part of the 11 are they seeing uh, Stoinis versus Cangreen, or Cangreen is someone who's away from uh, from a competition with Stoinis. I certainly don't know, and I hope that uh, at least the players know on that clarity front. Right, right. I mean, you actually answered and answered my next question as well, where whether they would be the favorites. So, for you, Australia would be the favorites uh, at home to defend their title. Absolutely, I would. I would love to see Australia winning at home because you know, there's there's no better way than uh, to win at home. You you have your uh, your fans, your home fans rooting for you. There's a lot of pressure as well as anticipation. We've seen that in the ODI World Cup with India, and uh, I can I can only re- relate it back to that when uh, you know the 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 joy is double. The joy gets doubled up when uh, you win at home. So. i'm rooting for uh, australia being uh, one of my favorites and uh, i i know a lot of indian fans will uh, will come back with big bats at me but i don't see india as a favorite right now because let's be honest even uh, even without uh, even before bumrah got injured there is a lot of uh, you know uncertainty around if the top 3 doesn't play have we given enough chances for uh, for for building around surya kumar yadav right now the only player that i'm comfortable around in the indian batting order is probably sky surya kumar yadav otherwise i don't see india as one of the favorites for me australia is the top favorite england certainly are there pakistan purely because they can be mercurial purely because they can defend any sort of total any time anywhere in the world purely because of that and uh, don't rule out south africa especially if temba bauma gets injured and someone uh, takes his place <laughs> yeah that's a that's a very interesting way of uh, putting that so i was going to go to india south africa series so i think you brought up the right points i think that was a very heavy heavy two heavyweights uh, battling each other the india south africa series in india t20is i loved the way south africa came back and i loved the way they were competing so from your perspective how about south africa as a potential uh, you know challenger for the world cup maybe you know temba bauma will discover his form or as you say uh, he may he may get an injury or somebody may retake his place as things stand he is their <laughs> captain going into the world cup he is also their captain in the odis so for this south african team um, do you see they may actually go the distance uh to be honest they have that potential if you if you look at players like david miller if you look at 
even Aiden Markram, if you look at the bowling composition, Kahiso Rabada, Andrew Nokia, I think, and don't forget Kesha Maharaj, he can, he is probably the most frugal bowler around in this format, in the white ball format. So they've got a lot of potential and their feeling is absolutely brilliant. Look at the way Stubbs is doing the catches that he takes. Even in England, he's pulled out an, a magnificent catch, a short mid-wicket. So there is a lot of potential here. There are a lot of positives going for South Africa. But again, the role clarity is missing here. They're not sure how to fit Temba Bauma into the side. Temba himself is not sure how he fits into the T20 side. So there is a lot of clash over there. He's not able to fit in. If he plays, Riza Hendricks is out. Riza Hendricks is the best player in that European uh, summer. So it's very harsh on that guy to be sitting on the sidelines and, uh, you know, twiddling his thumbs when probably he's in the best of his form. You can't drop Riley to so because Riley is in the best form of his life. And the way he batted in that third T20I, so you, you know that uh, he is a sort of player who can win games on his own. So there are a lot of positives going around there, but just because you're not sure about Temba Bauma's place and how does he fit into the entire scheme of things, whether you can have him or not, the entire composition, the entire uh, you know clarity around the side is one for a toss. You can't, you can't just play with uh, 10 players and with one player who is obviously your captain under so much pressure and uh, getting onto the side. And he's always thinking, okay, how am I, how my runs are going to be perceived? If I make 10 out of 12, am I going to be scrutinized even more? So there is a lot of pressure on that poor guy. It's not doing any, any good for the team as well. So to be very honest, if I were a South African selector, I would drop Temba Bauma. I would give the reins to David Miller and I would uh, play with, with an additional, uh, Additional on hundred, even even Andel Felix Cabo or uh, even if Riza Hendricks get into the side, plays at the top of the order. Look at Hendricks, look at Dickhawk, Riley Russo, David Miller, Stubbs. That's a killer. That's a killer top order. You can probably enjoy the conditions over here. And all of these guys, they love the extra bounce. It's not as if they'll get a lot of uh, spinning tracks and they'll be tested out. The, the bounce will be true to them. They will enjoy this. They can. The only mi minus for them is the injury to Ben Pretorius. I thought, I mean, people, there could be a, a place for Marco Janssen and his uh, and his tall left arm seamers is going to be a positive, but Pretorius probably is going to be missed because of the way he sees the game, because of the way he brings out his natural variations and the and the cutters and all that. He is going to be a mess. Otherwise, I think if they, if they take a bold decision right now and if they say that uh, Babuma is going to sit out, it's going to do a them about this. If they can't do that, if they can't take that bold decision, let the ODI series in India do the tough task for them. Get Babuma's thumb fractured. I'm very sorry, Temba. I like you as a person. I like you as a player, but I don't see him fitting into this uh, T20 side. Well, it's a bit ruthless, but I can understand where you're coming from. But I think they see Temba as a leader uh, also on and off the field. And they're also desperate that he succeeds, right? 
and uh, let's see let's see if uh, you know this is indeed a uh, it's a it's a conundrum that they have to work their way around somehow because even australia have a similar problem they have a non performing captain but he is a world cup winning captain right so you don't simply drop him south africa have a similar issue because this guy is seen as a leader uh, because of how the country wants to perceive itself and you know uh, work out certain uh, race related issues as well so it's 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 a it's a tough one and i really hope as you say uh that they come to a proper uh, solution for this and demba scores the runs and he you know or uh, i mean i am not going for the sort of uh, solution that you just said but maybe that may work out for south africa as well right so also the structuring as you say they needed the points uh for the odi uh, to make some progress in the odi ranking table but do you think even if they were to win the series 3 nil they'll have any chance of qualifying the world cup at all um uh, it's very difficult for them but it's a catch 22 they just they just can't uh, get away from that and they have to take the decision to you know write off the series against australia because of their uh, domestic t20 tournament scheduled at that time so they knew the repercussions they knew that uh, probably back at the back of their mind they had their calculations and said that okay even if we were to go through the qualifiers we are not in actual danger of missing out the real tournament so somehow i think that's the calculation for them it's going to be a tough race for them even if they win all the points they are not going to be sure shot for uh, direct qualification but yes they've taken they've taken a stance to you know in in the longer run they wanted their uh, domestic t20 tournament to be the centerpiece and they said odis can can wait they put a lot of pressure on this unit because they have to win 3-0 and at the same time they have to avoid injuries imagine one of the one of the top top guys who's who's a centerpiece of your uh, puzzle for the t20 world cup gets injured in an inconsequential game consequential for south africa yes but playing odis just before a t20 world cup that's inconsequential so someone gets injured on the in the final odi god forbids one of the one of the best players for south africa i think your plans will be ruined completely especially at this very very late hour they are just popping on to the under the plane right after this and uh, landing in australia with their minds on the t20 world cup so i just hope for their sake i know i have said that i wanted temba to get injured but that was in jest uh, i want the south africans to you know avoid any injuries i don't want another uh, dwayne pretorius out there it's it's a it's a huge loss especially very late in the year because all these teams have uh, prepared for almost at least one year in the reckoning right from the last world cup they've been, they've started their preparations they had these uh, team compositions in place they had certain players in mind who can do the task for them if something goes wrong at this very late it's like your it project right before uh, your uh, delivery to the project uh, to the client if something goes wrong and if you find out a, a late late bug you are going to get all your developers working on that indeed indeed we really hope you know the gamble that they have taken pays off and they are able to at least secure the points that they want and maybe put their best foot forward going on to the world cup now how much how much of the women's asia cup have you been able to cover uh we don't cover it uh, professionally we don't uh, cover it for our uh, site as yet because uh, 
obviously the the wavelength is is not there we don't have the strength within our team to cover all these matches especially because there are a lot of men's games happening we hope to cover uh, cover this with a bigger team uh, probably from the next year touchwood uh, personally i'm i'm a huge fan of uh, of women's cricket because one of the biggest reason is my daughter she wants me to cover uh, women's cricket from day one she she watches a lot of these games she wants to be a sports person and she loves cricket she loves badminton and she wants me to be a pioneer in this front and uh, i i know i i can't explain to her right now about uh, having less than number of team people and uh, all those sort of business issues for her but probably next year onwards i'll start doing this and my wife also wants me to you know to be at a place where i can cover uh, when my kids are playing the game so probably that's the best thing to happen for me as a commentator and on the on the sports front i think i i follow a lot of uh, indian women's cricket because i'm a, i'm a huge fan of mithali raj from my childhood i personally felt she is the sachin tendulkar of uh, indian women's cricket and she's done a lot of good things for for the indian cricket and right now it's on an up, upward circle so the upward trajectory probably increased my expectations and i felt they they let me down on the on as a personal fan i thought they let me down on the in the pakistan match the other day uh, the over experimentation and getting to try various combinations i know i'm i'm with the management when they said that you know we wanted to give uh, players as much time before the world cup we want to try and see how they fit into the puzzle and give them a lot of game time in the middle but there's a very thin line between uh, doing the experimentation and overdoing the combinations probably i felt the team slightly disrespected the occasion playing pakistan in any format is probably a bit emotional for all the indians out there even if it is uh, women's cricket and even if we have been uh, you know having having the having a huge advantage over them they should have uh, they should have taken uh, care of those and they should have had a better outing absolutely how about the upset of the tournament if we could call it that because uh, thailand beat pakistan and you are telling me it was not completely a surprise for you i would be disrespectful for to thailand women's cricket if i say it's an upset because that was something which was which was coming uh, they had a very close game against pakistan the last match last time they round and somewhere somehow i was i was interacting with uh, certain fans certain pakistan fans on twitter and some of them they were they were saying that thailand are going to defeat pakistan this time some of the pakistan fans were saying that Thailand are going to win this, and it's not going to be an upset. So, for me personally, I I didn't follow the their previous games against Pakistan or this game, but somewhere at the back of my mind, I was thinking that read the headline as Thailand defeated uh, Pakistan. I wouldn't call it an upset because the way they have come of age, they were trying to they were running teams close, and even there was something brewing around. You know, it was it was like. Uh, it was like bangladesh uh, defeating india in that world cup in uh, west indies people in india saw that as an upset but cricket lovers they saw that coming they saw bangladesh as a budding team young team which is which was hungry which was ready to show themselves on the bigger stage thailand women are the same i think you are going to hear a lot of good things about these thailand women they are going to be a force to reckon with
Absolutely. I mean, do you think this might actually encourage their men to also take up cricket? Indeed, indeed. In fact, they should. I mean, I'm not sure. I have followed the Thailand men's cricket, so I cannot comment on whether where they are or how they play. And if they are uh, not playing in the same level as uh, their women counterparts, I think this is the best way. Probably they should try targeting upsetting Pakistan next time they play. So. Thailand men beating Pakistan that's going to be a huge big headline all right now if you were to wrap up the talk about women's uh, asia cup who do you think will win the tournament i personally wanted india to win this quite comfortably one reason is so that they can build up their confidence even even after the upset loss against pakistan i think they are the favorites and they should win this it will be a huge uh, you know upset for me personally if they don't do that because my daughter is going to be sulking around for a couple of days if india fails all right all right so it's a india pakistan final for you maybe do you see bangladesh or sri lanka causing an upset uh pakistan will have to do a lot better uh, than just winning an off game because you know they, them beating india was more like an upset so that that tells you the story nobody really saw that coming and even pakistan uh, women team probably in private conversations they will say that they have a lot of ground to cover the longer tournament the bigger uh, group phase gives them a chance to regroup and probably get into the reckoning for the finals but uh, i think they have a lot of work to do and if it's india pakistan final again probably i'm going to sit and enjoy it with my with my family absolutely let's let's hope for a you know an exciting end to the women's asia cup now if you were to talk about uh, some news from off field so it looks like sandeep lamichane has finally gone back to nepal and has been promptly arrested do you know anything more about this story what is actually going on i don't know i mean it's it's very uh, tough to point out uh, i haven't heard uh, sandeep's version so it's more about the stories that have come from the other side about the cases that have been filed against him and the way he was running around the moment you see someone running around running away from law probably you will feel that uh, he's done something wrong so i i sincerely hope he's a great bowler he's someone who's who's got a lot of potential even from the days he played for delhi capitals in the ipl and ricky ponting said that he's going to be a trump card i thought he's even even these days he plays a lot of cpl he plays a lot of uh, franchise cricket all around the globe so he is a well known name i just sincerely hope that these off field issues are taken care of uh, and he comes out uh, comes out of this because i don't want to be you know seeing another karim benzema here football is football karim benzema doing those sort of things in europe and all that that has he's he's got away from from those things but Sandeep Lamichane I sincerely hope that uh, uh, this is an off field distraction and he he takes care of it because he's a he's a brilliant chap he's he's done a lot of wonders to Nepal cricket if you actually see Nepal uh, cricket followers on twitter are uh, very passionate they they engage really well they they have some brilliant conversations with us uh, even even though we don't cover their matches live they have some wonderful conversations with us they are very logical they're very passionate they they support their team to the fullest they support sandeep uh, even when he goes down under in australia and he plays in the in the big bash he gets a lot of support there so for the sake of nepalese cricket i 
strongly hope that he comes out of this soon absolutely i think the way they are charting they are in a good position to make a you know a claim to be let's say the th- fourth or the fifth best asian team in five years time they 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 have good results right when it comes to how associate cricket is shaping up they are really promising and yeah. they don't want to lose their best player potential you are absolutely right now the other news well yorkshire have been relegated to the second division uh, the powerhouse of uh, england uh, crickets you can call them they have been relegated do you follow any first class cricket at all uh, very little in england counties unless it comes to indian players because from my childhood i i always had uh, the same question why don't many indian players uh, go and play in the play in the english counties because all my childhood i've been watching only pakistan players go and play a lot of uh, county cricket initially i thought indian players don't get their uh, contracts and i was wondering why don't they have the right managers to get them contracts only later when i got into grasp with how bcci works that i found out that uh, bcci doesn't actually support players going and uh, playing in the english counties so only when indian players go around and uh, start playing around i do follow them but yes yorkshire's demotion i think jeffrey barkot is someone who we shouldn't be talking to right now i think that attitude may have changed a little uh, over the years i think there's <laughs> many indian players trying to uh, you know also make a name for themselves in the Indi- english county scene but when yes. it comes to this result i think it's taken pretty much everybody by surprise they were not performing well and they have now been relegated Mm. now uh, the other thing i wanted to discuss is cpl did you cover any cpl at all uh, we we covered only the previews again the timings were a bit odd because most of our uh, teams are based out of uh, the australians or the indian shores or some of them in europe so the timings were a bit odd for us and uh, we had to really take a call whether we we can cover it only from the knockout in the end we decided that covering only from the knockouts doesn't do any good for the tournament's uh, visibility so we had to drop it off because again bandwidth of our team we as uh, we are a small team we are struggling to you know get uh, covering all the all the games on our own probably another day cpl is top of our list cpl it's a, it's a wonderful tournament i just i just love the flair because when when it is caribbean when it is t20 cricket you have to love those uh, now those calyps are batting and the and the flair that they bring absolutely the final of the cpl has been completed and jamaica talavas have gone on to win so you know a third title in a very short uh, short tournament i think they are the most strong team now right so it's very interesting because um, for me i was backing royals and they were sort of also the form team but they got upset in the final by jamaica talavas all right those are all the cricketing news and matches that we wanted to discuss we would love to have you again as a guest sometime shridhar it would be a pleasure rajit it was very nice talking to you and the wonderful thanks for uh, giving me this opportunity anyone who's hearing this podcast give a big thumbs up to ajit and his team for the work that they are doing you can follow them on twitter you can uh, follow me also on twitter it's it's a wonderful uh, platform that ajit and his team has brought out uh, through this podcast give them a thumbs up thank you thank you very much for the big up now where can our fans uh, reach out to you you said twitter for sure any other place of course the site of flashcore itself but uh, any other media links you would like to share uh twitter is the best place because uh, uh, that's that's where i'm uh, engaging on a daily daily basis 
flash score in any match that you cover that's a 90% chance that i am one of the commentators because i'm a lead commentator uh, with flash score and uh, there's a fat chance that i'm uh, part of the team in almost every match unless it is a very early new zealand test cricket match which starts at 3:30 am indian time i'm almost there uh, for all the matches you can follow me on linkedin as well shridhar bhamidi is uh, is my name you can search for that and uh, you'll you'll see a very diversified profile uh, flashed upon you someone who's worked in it software engineer business manager and then doing work as a commentator that's going to be me so you can you can touch base with me on uh, twitter we would love to have any conversations and yes keep following flash crick and keep shoving love perfect all right then we wish all our listeners a good day wherever they may be listening from goodbye bye ajit this is the armchair cricket podcast